0: G'day and welcome to the Fly Fisher Podcast. Since 1967, we've been spreading the bug of fly fishing. Join us as we celebrate the fun of fly fishing and chat with characters that enjoy it as much as we do. Whether you're just starting out or have some experience, we hope our ego-free commentary helps demystify fly fishing and inspires you to visit new places and try new techniques. Today, we're joined by a friend of the flyfisher, Philip Weigel. Philip needs no introduction, but we'll give him one anyway. Philip is arguably Australia's most recognised flyfishing identity. From his home in Gordon, Philip guides lucky flyfishers on the private waters of Millbrook Lakes. But in his spare time, he loves nothing more than fishing the public waters of Western Victoria. As well as many other great titles, Philip's most recent publication was the guidebook, Flyfishing Western Victoria. Without it, I would have been blind when I got into lake fishing. No one knows our local lakes better, and he loves fishing them at this time of year. Philip, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thanks very much, Peter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So why is fly fishing lakes in winter so good?
1: Well, just being totally cold-blooded about it to begin with, they're one of the few options that we have, because the streams are closed. Yeah. So for starters, it's lakes, from a freshwater point of view in Victoria, it's lakes or nothing. Yeah. So uh lakes are if you're if you're a keen fly fisher and you don't want to have three months off, yep. um, then lakes are the lakes are for you. Yeah. Right. That but but fortunately it also happens that there are a number of highlights in winter. Yeah. Um from a lake fishing point of view. Um you never have to worry about water temperature. It's always yep. going to be cool enough. Yep. In the height of summer that's not always true. Yeah. Uh There are a number of phenomena that happen over winter that don't happen as much or as importantly at other times. Midge hatches, coronymid hatches, uh, and smelters, fish chasing bait fish, um, they seem to be at least as active, if not more so, in the middle of winter. And you get a lot more fish around the edges in winter. So from a polaroiding point of view, you're just as likely to see a fish around the edges in winter as you are at any other time of year despite the fact that it's cold and bleak. Yeah. Um, And it's also possible that once the lake levels start to rise, particularly later in winter, um, I'm thinking August, towards the end of August, um, you'll get fish feeding in the flooded margins as the lakes rise. And that's very, very exciting. Not easy, but very exciting. And the other thing that we cross our fingers and toes for, because it doesn't happen every year, but when it does, it's just off the charts is cockchafer beetle Uh, hatches that seems amazing (laughs) yeah and it's the most unlikely thing because um you would think i remember the first few times i saw this happen i'm thinking where are these beetles flying from Mm. on such a cold night you know at tullaroop or (laughs) hepburn or newland or wherever (laughs) i was you know these great big dark beetles beetles are something we often associate with warm weather of course um spring, even summer, but these great big sort of fingernail-sized beetles going through the air, plop on the water, and it doesn't take the trout very long at all to work out what they are. Yeah, right, okay. Um, For the first day or so, it's hilarious because they don't know what they are, and they'll push this great big chunk of protein out of the way to eat a size 15, (laughs) 16 midge. Yeah. But once they work out what they are, the reverse is true. You can actually blind fish... A foam beetle pattern yeah. on a cold, bleak evening and have trout come out of nowhere and eat them off the top. That's amazing. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a lag at either end, and yeah. the one the one at the start is annoying, but the one at the end is is a bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the thing is though that the grubs, the cockchafer grubs, yeah. drown in really wet wet winters so the last few winters haven't been good for them you haven't had enough it's just been too wet so the grubs basically drown they obviously don't all drown but enough drown that there's no mass hatches yeah so the way this winter is going at the moment it's not it's good it's not too wet like it's wet but it's not sopping wet yeah um so fingers and toes crossed yeah yeah
0: i've heard a lot about this winter last winter and the winters to come are meant to be really good winters for lake fishing is that true
1: i don't i don't know yeah um so the last couple of winters have been great yeah but i can't remember the last really bad winter to be honest yeah um i mean look if you've got water and fish yeah you're two-thirds of the way there yeah um and after that you can have nuances such as you know uh available food um how cold it is yeah Because cold can be a negative if it gets extreme enough. It doesn't stop things altogether. So really, really hot weather will shut fish down completely. Really, really cold weather. We don't get cold enough in Victoria, not in the um, lakes around Ballarat anyway, to to make them hibernate, as can happen. Yeah. So um, I guess... Like any fishing situation, there's the ideal and then there's whatever you're dealt with. Yeah. And whatever you're dealt with is what you really should work with because none of us, not even I, have the capacity to sort of pick and choose down to the nth degree my perfect day to go yeah. fishing. So yeah. the, the old adage, go fishing when you can, yeah. is is very true. Yeah. Um, if you've got a choice, you'd probably rather not have a 40 knot wind. Yeah. You'd probably rather not have three degree air temperatures um, and you'd probably not have a torrential downpour, although the last thing is more of a problem for us than it is for the fish, unless it muddies up the water. Uh, so I think it's okay to uh, to hope for good conditions, but you've also, in winter fishing, as in all fishing, you really ought to... Uh, Make the most of the conditions you're dealt. As John Gyrak said, "Well, another success." We said we were going fishing, and we did. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so I really like that saying because yeah. that basically sums it up. You know, you, uh, uh, w- the worst case scenario is that you've actually gone fishing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And not too many of us of us find that to be a miserable experience. So that's a good mental uh, way to approach lake fishing. I think. In yeah, winter, definitely. In winter yeah. And, and at all times yeah. is. Work with what you've been dealt. Yeah. So having said that, so when the original question was: Have the last few winters been good? Yes, they have. Um, I think the last few years have been good because there's been lots of water. So all other things being equal, lots of water is a good thing. And it's harder to have too much water on lakes than it is to have it on rivers, but still, it's possible for it to have it a little bit. Yeah. You know, you yeah. can, you can, you can, uh, you can have. Huge floods, mm-hmm. which turn lakes to brown soup, yeah. and that's not ideal. Um, and at the other end of the spectrum, though, is drought and super super low levels. And on a number of our shallow lakes, at least, that's a bad thing. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. try to we try to avoid that. And yeah. in a
0: drought, what happens to the fish? Do they push to the middle? Do <laughs> yeah. So
1: drought droughts can work in your favour on some waters. Yeah. You know that's for sure. Um, so on some of the um, I'm just trying to think of some some examples. So I've had very, very good fishing on lakes like Tullaroop, some of those big, deep, steep-sided lakes in droughts. Um, you get to sort of access shores that you never would even, wouldn't even know were there. Yeah. So the best trout I ever caught in Tullaroop I caught when the lake was at about 10%. Wow. So it's really low. That's really low. Yeah, yeah, really low, but it's a big body of water to yeah. begin with. Yeah. On the other hand, Hepburn Lagoon at 10%. Are probably going to struggle to survive because yeah, even, even yeah. when it's full it's a it's it's only going to be you know a, a few meters deep at best yeah so there and Tolondo is another one that suffers badly when levels are really really low yeah, yeah. or completely, um, completely dries up or completely dries up um I, I drove past Lake bolak the other day and that's got a lot of water in it again but as my mate pointed out it's probably still only two or three meters deep at yeah. the deepest point so it's a vast sheet of water but it's not very deep yeah and then there are lakes like Bullamerei and Parrambeet, where depth is not an not an issue because <laughs> no, in the worst the worst of droughts, that's right, the worst of droughts, you could still sort of drive a semi in there and yeah. it'd never be seen <laughs> yeah, again. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this um there, I think I think all other things being equal, though, as trout fishers, if you had the choice, you would take water over lack of water. Yeah. And that's what we've had for the last few years. Yeah. is Water. Yeah. And I think a lot of the things that trout eat. Like water? Yeah. I know that sounds like the bleeding obvious, but, for example, midges do very well on flooded vegetation. So, obviously, in wet years, you get lots more of that, yep. um, not so much in really, really dry years. Um, I think baitfish do really well, there's no doubt. They, they're, they're, they're the sea monkeys of, of, of fish, you know. You add water, and they just appear in vast numbers. Yeah. Um, It's extraordinary how many minnows I've seen on some of the lakes in the last couple of years compared to during drought years, their numbers did tend to dwindle a little bit on some waters. So they obviously are able to breed a lot more successfully and they may even be programmed to make the most of that abundance of really, really wet years. So minnow abundance is a good thing if you're a trout fisher because trout like to eat the minnows. They like to eat the Australian smelt and the galaxias. Is there so forth. is
0: there better lakes for galaxias and smelt feeders?
1: Yes, there are. Yeah. Um. So I think that the the best smelter lakes where I've sort of almost tie on a smelt pattern if I'm if I'm walking down to the water for one of a better fly and we could talk talk later about preparation. Yeah. Um. But put on a Tom Jones or a or a or a cat fly or yeah. a green zonker or something and walk down to the water. Uh. I think murable. There's good smelters there. There's good smelters at Newland. There's good smelters at Hepburn. Good smelters at Tullarup, even though it's very dirty at the moment. I've still seen fish smelting there, despite the discoloration. And all three Grampians Lakes are capable of having good smelters, but especially Wartook. Yeah. Wartook has abundant, um, you yeah, okay. know, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah. in winter, they spawn along the rocky shores. Yeah, right. So that's an added sort of incentive for the fish to get stuck into them. Yeah, and in and close. An, and, and another winter feature. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. You know? And a lot yeah. of, uh, as, a, as a rule, a lot of these minnow species do tend to spawn and breed in winter. And those spawning congreg- congregations give the, give the whole smelting thing a bit of a kick. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's the schooling. There's the gathering in the shallows. Yeah. all those sorts of things that get yeah. the trout excited.
0: Winter's really a featured season. Hey, yeah, like, it is as featured it is. as spring and yeah, it and is autumn. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's
1: very much. You know, it's not like oh dear, it's winter. It's all oh, good. It's winter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, yeah. And you're, if you are a Victorian lake fisher, then winter is is very good. It's and, exciting. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's and it's good further afield too, like the snowy mountains. I've yeah. got a trip in about a month. Yeah, and I'm I'm yet to have a disappointing winter. Fly fishing trip to the snowy mountains, yeah. which sounds really cu- counterintuitive yeah. because they really get seriously cold Yeah. there. Yeah. Like you're fishing in snow Yeah, um, and you still get your midge hatches, you still get fish in the shallows, you still get polaroiding. Yeah. I mean, Jindabyne is famous for winter polaroiding. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, winter is a time of year that you can really look forward to for lake fishing. Yeah.
0: yeah. So let's break it down by region a bit. Sure. Close to Melbourne.
1: Close to Melbourne, I think uh, Lauriston Reservoir, which I overlooked in what I said before, is one I really like. Yeah. Um, good for smelters, quite good for midge fishing. Um, Merble Reservoir, jack of all trades. Uh, yep. It's got the smelters, it's got the midge feeders. It can have fish tailing in the shallows when the l- level starts to rise up over the new ground, the ground that's been exposed for a while and has, ha- has had a chance for the worms and the bugs and the little critters to move back in. Or they get evicted by the floodwater again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Newland, just, a, just what you might call an oldie but a goodie. Like it's a really, it's a really uh, consistent, accessible, reliable lake. Like I don't have too many blinders on Newland, but I have very few days where I go there and don't see a fish either.
0: And it's a, so it's solid. It's an easier lake to fish too. In it's the easy sense, to you fish. You can it. almost walk around it you in the day.
1: You can walk around it. It's big enough to be uh, interesting, but small enough not to feel like it's an inland sea.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: So that's a really that's a that's a really good good option. Look, you know, like I got to say, Peter, in in every case, don't roll up to a lake expecting to find the Stevenson River in in sort <laughs> of uh <laughs> November. Yeah, you're not going to. You're not going to be able to just throw a fly out there and a trout will come out of nowhere and eat it. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So I guess there's a there's a point where we probably should talk a little bit about Expectations. Fishing. Expectations, attitude, yeah. effort, yeah. focus, yeah. all those things, you know, because it's not – lakes tend not to be – I'm speaking generally here – lakes tend not to be somewhere you can just roll up to and sort of have a casual flick of a fly and pick up a few fish and then get in the car and drive home again. Yeah. They, they require a bit more effort. And uh, they're gonna they're gonna bloody your nose a little bit too. Yeah, you know, oh, gonna, you're gonna go out on a on a really cold, bleak day, and have very little action, and yeah. think, "What the hell did I do that for?" Yeah. But then you're going to go out another cold, bleak day, and you're going to get three, four, five, six pound fish, yeah. and, <laughs> and yeah. no one's complaining. <laughs> no, then. No one's yeah. complaining then. Yeah. So I, I guess you've got to be able to ride those ride those peaks and troughs more so than as a stream fisher. Yeah. So because a tough day on a typical northeast mountain river is still going to get you fish. And so you're still going to see fish on a, on a lake. That's not always going to happen. Yeah. So you've got to treat every time you go out as more information, even, even a no fish day is still a learning curve, a learning 100%. experience. You can about where the wind blows, you know, it's a Northwest sleeve. Where was the sheltered shore? Where's the weed? Where's the deep bits? Where's the channels? Where are the inflows? Um, what worked and what didn't? So, from a physical point of view, looking at a lake and thinking, what, what's, what's been a good thing about Hepburn Lagoon today? Well, the good thing about Hepburn, even though I didn't catch any fish, I found some really good holes in the weed, really good channels where I could fish a fly without getting caught up every second cast. I found a shore where the water was a bit clearer. because on Hepburn in particular, the algae that's there a lot of the time will move with the wind. So, the, if, the, if the wind's been blowing off ashore for a few days the water will be a bit clearer, the onshore will be a bit dirtier. Yeah. And learning that sort of stuff, you know, that little nuance stuff, even though you might not catch a fish on that day, when you go back next time, you think, now where's that wind blowing off? Yeah, So right. the water will be a bit clearer there. Yeah. Um, and finding out where the shallow, uh, featureless areas are, where the deeper edges are, and they're even at somewhere like Hepburn, there's deeper edges. So finding all those little bits and pieces can still make an unsuccessful fish catching day a constructive day. Yeah. A
0: learning experience. That's right. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Where was the good access? How long did it take me to walk around to that shore? Where should I park next time? Et cetera, et cetera.
0: That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, back on locations. Yeah. Purimbeet, Bullamari. Yeah.
1: Really good. Yeah. Really good lakes. Um, Purimbeet is the one I would rate as the easy er lake to catch a fish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's a it's a it's just it's one of those lakes that when you're fishing at every cast you think something's going to happen because yeah. it is an incredibly appealing bit of water. Like it's clear, it's quite shore friendly. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's always clear. So, right? so there's you can't say that about too many lakes, but 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 Parambit is always clear. Yeah, go there in a hundred days in a row and it'll be clear a hundred days yeah. in a row. So yeah. that's a real plus. Yeah, if, if only for morale. Yeah. Um, it's got lots of interesting features. Uh, on the eastern half, at least, it's got a ring of weed, and that really helps um, because you've got this immediate feature, which is the weed bed inside the weed bed, out beyond the weed bed. Yeah. So if you look at if you look at pictures of um, of par- beet, uh from high up, you'll see this ring of weed, and that's a that's a real feature. And it and it's, the fish love that weed. You know, they'll come out of it into the shallow water. They'll feed in it and they'll feed beyond it, and it's not a solid mass on the eastern shore. It's it's more of a sort of nice, neat uh, garden. Yeah, like. yeah. It looks which, like which a garden when swim you see through. It. Yeah, and you can even find holes in the weed bed itself that you can fish, but you can certainly fish the edges of it very yeah. very well. Yeah, it's and Max and I have had many a day on uh beach where we've we've had great excitement with fish smashing. In from the weed, often, yep. often on minnows, and out just beyond it. Yeah, right. Which is sort of tests how far your waders go up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it's. Do you think it's easier to fish a featured lake like that when you've got channels and pockets and?
1: Especially when not a lot's happening, it probably makes you feel better. So I know that one of the issues for bowl lack when it's fishing well is it's featureless, right? It's 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 just a it's just a a, a silt bottomed bowl. There's there's very little in the way of rocky reefs or. Or, or uh, weed beds, or structure an, an, in general, any, anything that's likely to jump out at USG. This looks like a good spot. Now it's not completely lacking in those things, but um, I know that on the one or two occasions I had a crack at it when it was when it had the giant rainbows in it. It was it was even for me. Am I in the right spot? Because it's vast too, it's huge lake, it's inland sea. So I think you know one of the beautiful things about Parambit is you're constantly thinking this looks like a good spot. Yeah. And if you're thinking, it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you think something <laughs> looks good, well, you might make it good. Yeah. Because you're gonna concentrate, you're gonna look harder, you're gonna listen. What was that? What was that back there? Oh, hang on. Yeah, I just heard something and was that a fish? And yes, it was a fish. Yeah. It wasn't a dab check. It was a it was a fish smelting a hundred meters back yeah. behind you. Yeah. If you don't believe you don't hear yeah. that. You don't. You're not aware of those things that are going on around you. And yeah. ears, ears are very important for lake fishing. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm I'm constantly amazed at how many fish I find because I heard them rather than because I saw them. Yeah. Eyes are important for sure, mm-hmm. but often it's that splash or that suck or that different noise that just catches your attention and makes yeah. you look around and see the spreading ring. Mm-hmm. Bird doesn't come up. You keep looking. Keep looking. When that Jeez. bird doesn't come up, Jesus, it was a fish. <laughs> yeah. It was a fish. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you walk down there and concentrate, and and more often than not, that turns out to be midging fish or a smelting fish, or, you know, if you're lucky enough on an August evening, one eating cockchafer beetles. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: that is that's something. Yeah, that that I, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 I can imagine. <laughs> um, we've also got the Grampians a little bit. further Yeah, so away. the
1: Grampians, the Grampians are great. I should I should just briefly before we leave Bullamerra and Parumbeet. So Parambeat any shore in a boat, but um, eastern shore on foot is best. The marshes around the south are good to wade, but they're soft and a bit scary. You can, you know, you can, you can be walking along and hit a soft spot and just about go over your waders. So, whereas the, the eastern shore, the, literally the eastern half of that lake, is really friendly to fish. Yeah. Good to wade, good access. Uh, You've got to walk. Um there's only one obvious access point at the quarry, but you from which you walk either way, but once you're on the water, it's easy to walk along the bank and and pick your spots. The western shore, not so friendly, um, a lot of slippery rock um, that's hard to walk on, not so many openings in the in the weed um, and yeah and and the actual access around the edge is a lot more treacherous, a lot more overgrown, harder to get around. Yeah. Still a good shore to fish, but um, that's one I'd rarely go to if I'm not in a boat. So keep, keep that in mind for wind if you're at Parambit. You basically – I like Parambit if there's a bit of east in the wind because that gives me comfortable fishing on the eastern shore. Now, there's exceptions to every rule, and the one at Parambit is I have friends who reckon they do very well on the eastern shore fishing big wets in the rough, yeah. in the gale. Um, and I'm sure they do, but I the way I fish, and I fish differently to lots. Of, there's lots of good anglers who don't fish like I fish, but my sort of sight fishing, searching hybrid, relies on not having super super rough water if at all possible. Yeah. So I like an easterly, a northeasterly, a southeasterly, or an easterly at Parramatta. Yeah. Okay. Or, or very little wind yeah. at all.
0: Yeah, and little wind helps with comfort. Comfortability too. Yeah, it does yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Your,
1: your stamina is likely to last yeah. if you're not being buffeted. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. sometimes you don't get a choice, like I say. But <laughs> yeah. you know, if you if you're not being buffeted by the wind, it probably increases your staying power. Yeah, Bull and Merai, brilliant shore access. It's a little bit of a bowlack in the sense that there's so much of it looks good. You do think where where should I start? Um, but look, it it's a it's a it's an intriguing fascinating lake that grows very, very big fish. Um, but I'd definitely be starting at Parambit and then going to Bullamurra rather than the other way around. Usually exceptions apply, you know. Yeah. There's going to be days when Bullamurra will outfish Parambit without a doubt. There's great drop-offs. There's great places where you can stand up high and look down. And there's weed beds there too. Strange sort of stringy, slightly... It's salt. like curly weed? Yeah, no, it's, it's like grass. It's yeah, like okay, literally yeah. like flooded tussocks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's and, – and, and fish hang around that. I mean, the, the biggest thing you're up against at Pulamerai as a rule is probably the sheer abundance of food. I read somewhere once that it is several times more fertile than Parambit, which is in, okay. in itself a fertile lake. So it, it does literally produce vast numbers of bait fish to the point where sometimes if you see a fish busting up on – on bait fish in Merai, you think there's that terrible. Why would he bother eating my fly? Yeah. With so much of the real thing. Yeah. Um, that's less of a factor at, at Parambit. You get the sense at Parambit that whilst it's very fertile and grows very big fish, you've still got, uh, there's a little bit of a sense that the fish have to work for it. Um, so on, on on your worst days at Bullamera you can imagine they're like baleen whales, just swimming around with their mouths open, you yeah. know, just yeah, inhaling yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the soup of uh, of little fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, Bullamara is very very exciting and, and and produces great fish too, and some really big fish, uh, ridiculous growth rates at times. Uh, but probably not somewhere I'd send send someone trying to get their lake confidence up. Yeah, not unless there was some very very reliable, um, up to date information that suggested it was worth a special trip.
0: Um, to, on the topic of up to date information, quickly, do you think reports are reliable? If that makes sense, or do you feel like lakes are sporadic and that one day can be good and one day can Look, be?
1: Look, um, the the whole thing about reports is people just have to work out for themselves what's reliable. Now, I'm obviously going to say that if you see something on Flystream, whether that be on the forum or on the magazine page, you know, I do my level best to make sure that information that goes up there is, is, is reliable and accurate, right? If a stranger puts something up on Facebook, it might be right, it might not be. Um, I, I, I said once that I reckon uh, when it comes to social media phishing reports, the successful anglers want to keep it to themselves and the uh, and the unsuccessful ones want want to share their lack of success. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't want to feel isolated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not catching anything at such and such. How about you? <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So and the, and the ones that are are just going. I mm, will a bit quiet. Yeah, that's fine. You know, that's yeah. uh, that's that's no that's no uh, criticism. It's just human nature. Fishermen are famous for keeping their successes a little bit quiet. Yeah. Um. So there's two th- two things. Yes, by all means, if you get a good report from from a shop, right? Yeah, um, where where the fly where, fisher from the fly fisher, <laughs> yeah. where wherever you where, shop, yeah, wherever you, wherever you shop. But the fly fisher, you know, th- if they've had, they'll have a bit of a sense of who's. Quite you know,
0: often, we get you know. When you get you get a handful of people giving you a good report on one place, Correct. you're like, oh, that, it's good. That, that's pretty yeah. good intel. Yeah. And
1: you'd get to know your customers over time, the regular ones, and you'd think, well, so-and-so is pretty reliable. Yeah. You know, if he says he caught, you know, I know that James McDonald's shops with you. Yep. Yeah. So, James, you've come a long way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he has. Yeah. And James is, uh, if James tells you he caught three, four-pounders, he caught three, four-pounders. Yeah. Four yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um and that that's 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 you can take that to the bank. Yeah. Um so you know that I just pl- I plucked him out of thin air. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of other oh, friends of mine who 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 call in there and um yeah, they'll tell you tell you you've had a tough day too. And that's yeah. that's useful information. Yeah. Yeah, went to so and so, went there twice, didn't see a fish, you think, okay. Someone comes into the shop and says, Well, should I go to Lake X? Uh and you think, Well, I've got to be honest, the last two uh so-and-so is not a bad angler. He's been there twice and hasn't seen one. So why don't you go to X where someone else has seen a few fish? So those, those sorts of reports are good. But I do think from my personal point of view, I don't put too much stead in reports because, A, things can change so fast and, B, I rely heavily on what I call the fundamentals. So I like to look at recent water history so if a lake's had a good amount of water in it for a reasonable period of time, that simply gives the opportunity for the fish to survive. Now, in recent years, that's been almost a given, but that's not all. the, the recent years aren't, alway, aren't how it's always going to be. Um, so that's the first thing I take into account. The second thing is stocking rates. Now, the VFA, Victorian Fisheries Authority, have the fish stocking database. Google it, and it will give you... Every fish that's gone into a given water. So search by water, t- type in Newland Reservoir, and it will give you every fish that's been stocked in Newland Reservoir in whatever date range you want. Yeah. So you might want to go back, I reckon, four years is probably useful. So go back to, say, 2019 and see what's gone in. Um, go on.
0: Say uh, we're in 2023 right yep. now. Yep, yep. If I catch a two-pound fish... When was that stocked?
1: Last year. Last year, okay. most likely yeah. in most of our lakes. Again, with the usual buts and ifs and yeah. exceptions. Yeah, a two pounder is likely to have been in the lake by this winter. It's been in there for about a year. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. Yeah. And depending on the on the water, it could be a bit smaller or it could be a bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's probably been in there for a year. Because
0: when you look at stocking rates with varying levels, you it kind of gives you a bit of confidence if you know. If yeah. it, you know, yeah, that's right. Two thousand right. fish yeah, were put yeah. in last and year, and it'll yeah. always
1: be a pyramid. So, yeah. th- so there'll always be a tendency for um, there to be fewer fish for every year class. I mean, mortality increases over time, yeah. so there'll be there'll be more two-year-olds than three-year-olds, and more three-year-olds than four-year-olds. But nevertheless, that foundation of that good stocking will flow through. In the case of brown trout, for for you know, four or five years, and with rainbows for three or four years. Yeah, yeah. So I look. I I like to look back. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Uh, and see see what's likely to have, if you like, survived if, if if water conditions have been been suitable. So that's the first thing I look at the fundamentals, and then I look at. So that's sort of like stocking history and water level history. Um, and then and you can you can search the water level his, history of any of the man-made lakes. Again, I you know, Goblin broken um, water, gold broken water. Thank you, uh, Wimmera, uh, Grampians, Mallee, Wimmera water, um, Coliban water, yep. and you can see what the water history has been. So, as I say, it's almost um, you're going through the motions right now in 2023 because the water history in just about all of them has been very very central highlands water for um Michael. for Mirable yeah. and Talbot and Cosgrove and those lakes yeah uh, Wenderee is pretty much guaranteed to always have water in it, so you don't have to worry about that. Apart um, from when it dried up. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that. <laughs> that's <was> why, that. <laughs> that, that. That that's the best guarantee you can have <laughs> yeah. because they're, not, they're They're never going to let that happen again. No, no. All the mistakes that were made aren't yeah. going to be repeated. Good. So yeah. I think I think uh, it, it'll be a, it'll be a cold day in hell, as they say, if, uh, <laughs> if Wendery is ever allowed to dry up again. Yeah, no, that's right. Didn't go down very well in Ballarat. No, so I've yeah. heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, let's stick back to locations. Grampians.
1: Yeah, so fabulous place. One of the things I love, Peter, about a destination, so Parambit, Merai, Central Victorian Highlands where you've got Mirable, Newland, Hepburn. I like fishing places where there's another, another good option nearby. Now, in the Grampians, you have at least three so you've got Fines, Belfield and Wartook. So if, if something's not quite right or you just want to change, it's only a 20 or 30-minute drive to go from one to the other. So that's that's one great strength of the Grampians. Second great strength of the Grampians is it's just a beautiful place to fish. Like often we're, we'll just be fishing at fines and we'll just look at each other and say, look at where we are, you know, yeah, with this massive mountain range in the background and mm-hmm. it's clear water and there's sandy beaches. Yeah, yeah, it's just It's just a really pleasurable place to fish and that's the same for all three of those lakes yeah. so the, that that that's the the first great strength of the grampians is the quality of the environment and the fact that you've got options close by so that if for whatever reason you know if they're having the world water ski championships at lake fines <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you don't have to sort of get in your car and drive back to melbourne no. you can go okay well we'll go to belfield or war yeah um so they're all solid they're all uh uh a small pain in the butt at the moment with fines is they're doing this interminable work on the wall and if you haven't been to like fines about half the shore is wall and about half the shore is inaccessible while they do their work so that's a real nuisance. Supposed to be finished, like you know, bit of a Westgate Tunnel thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supposed to have been a state f- government project long, long yeah. time yeah. ago, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's too wet, mate, or you know, the supply chains. Some of them are probably legitimate reasons, yeah. but for whatever reason, it's just dragging on and on and on. However, there's still plenty of good shorter fish. But the sooner they get that wall fixed, the better. And if you're in a boat, it's irrelevant. Yeah. And boating facilities at Fiennes are excellent, very good launching and so forth. Uh, Bellfield. Um, Belfield's probably the one I would steer the less experienced angler away from initially because uh, although the trout love it, in a, on most shores it's pushed back into uh, a lot of timber. And if there's, a, if there's a slight downside from an angling point of view of all this water, as I see that Bellfield's back up to 91%. So it briefly went down a little bit. Now it'll be back up in those dead trees. And even if you're not in the dead trees, you'll have trees on your back cast. So it's just a little bit of a cluttered and pokey place to fish. It's sort of like the the lake equivalent of fishing a pokey little creek. Yeah. Now it's really good. I really like it. And if you've got a boat, you can get out into the open water beyond that, though non-powered. You can't okay. you can't have a combustion engine. You can only have electric yeah. motor or oars. Yeah. Um so that's probably the one I'd say Wait till you've got – you're pretty confident in your casting and ability to negotiate tight places before yeah, you fish Belfield. And Bellfield. fighting
0: fish as well And in fighting timber. fish, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Very good point, very good yeah. point. So you've got to keep that in mind for Belfield. Um, talks very very user-friendly, uh, although, again, sort of be careful what you wish for, that water level's starting to push back up, and if it pushes back up into the edges too much, it starts to – cut back on the shores you can fish on foot because you're back up in the tea tree. It's quite shallow shores, so when the water level comes up, um, it pushes back into the scrub and it gets difficult to get around. Worst case scenario, the wall uh, of Wartook is not like a normal dam wall. It's just like this sort of angler perfect, um, nearly kilometre long structure of gently sloping sandstone. So you'll find on a lot of lakes... Uh, were either discouraged or banned from going anywhere near the dam walls. But at Wartook, the wall is a recognised feature to fish from and it does open up a lot of water. So if you're shore-based at Wartook, the wall is a good option. The only downside of it is if there's a howling northerly, it comes straight onto that wall. So you can still catch fish, but it, it does, does limit it. So you'd be thinking a little bit about wind direction when you went to fish Wartook. From a boat, of course, all that's relevant and um the launching facilities at wartook are really really
0: good yeah do you yeah. think the boat's the advantage in the grampians or
1: uh i'd give it it's going to become a bit more of an advantage at wartook as that level rises uh it's handy at uh belfield but launching's difficult uh, so if you've got a kayak or a small boat or even um, you know a pack raft or something that, that that's probably worth thinking about at somewhere like Belfield. Uh, but yeah is, is the launching worth the hassle?'t don't, I don't know it probably gets harder as that lake level gets up. Uh, yeah so war took, I think it's probably it probably falls over the line of as being an advantage. Uh, fines until the wall's fixed, probably falls over the line as being an advantage. But in none of those lakes, is it essential. Yeah. Uh, Max and I had a trip there uh, a few weeks ago, and we, we, we never brought a boat. We were just shore-based. And there weren't too many occasions where I think we felt we were missing out because we, because we didn't have a boat. And often when we do have boats on those lakes, we use them just to get around yeah. and then get out and fish the shore.
0: Is there anywhere in Victoria that a boat's an advantage or is it's, it's essential it essential to have can, a boat to can, fish? It,
1: in, in all the lakes, it can be an advantage. So, for example, we were talking about Parambit before. Yeah. Having a boat enables you to access that, to fish that western shore, which I think is pretty unfriendly from the bank. You know, exception to every rule, but you can get to any shore you like um, in a boat and fish from the boat back to the shore. So western shore of Parambit's handy. Bullamerei. Eh. Yeah, not really. I think you can get away with that. I don't think I'd bother dragging a boat down to Bulameroy. Mm-hmm. If I had a boat with me, great, yeah. I might use it, but I don't think there's enough of an advantage. Uh, I feel the same about Tullaroop. You know, a boat on Tullaroop is a convenience, not a, necess- not, a, not a necessity. There's so much good um, shore-based access, keeping in mind that presently Tullaroop is very discoloured. Hopefully it will clear up soon, but at the moment it's borderline fishable because it's so dirty. Yeah. Uh, and what else can I... Well, I guess if you went to Wartok and it was howling northerly, you probably wouldn't be that keen to fish it anyway, but if you had to fish it, having a boat would let you get to some shores where you could fish from the bank that you couldn't walk to practically. Um,
0: Quite often a boat's just an access tool, isn't it, It to get to a bank?
1: I don't don't want to downplay boats too much, but um, because, you know, they have their moments. So things like wind lanes, they're great. You know, my brother is an incredible wind lane fisher, and if you're in a boat with him on a wind lane on War Talk, uh, you wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, right. But even then, after a couple of hours, he'll tell you this. I'll say, look, I'd like to get out and fish off the bank for a little bit, please. Mm. You know, so um, even where they're absolutely, undeniably advantageous, like like that wind lane fishing um, on some of those lakes, they're still. They're still not the be-all and end all for me personally. But look, I've got some I've got some very good friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah, the yeah. saying goes, mm-hmm. yeah. who 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 did d- dedicated boat fishing. Yeah. I think at Wenderee, a boat's a really nice thing to have simply because you can get away from the people jogging and walking yep. their dogs and you know, getting in the way of your back yeah. basically. Yep. You can yep. still fish Wenderee really well from the shore. And I have this year and caught some very nice mm-hmm. fish, but the freedom of being off that bank. You know, Wenderee transforms from like a, from the botanical garden, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. to a really quite big, wild, and interesting lake yeah. when you're out on it in a boat. A
0: bit more solitude
1: when yeah. you're in a boat, too. Yeah, and yeah. we shouldn't underestimate Wenderee. It's, no. it's really good at the moment. The re- I, I like it.
0: Talking about reports, that's one place yeah. in the shop. It's been that we're solid. Getting. It's yeah. solid. Yeah. 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 Um, it that's went a reliable through. report, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's been really, <laughs>
1: yeah. really, I don't fish it as much as I probably should, but you can't be everywhere. But I think that. Uh, Wendery had a little bit of a uh, iffy period for a couple of years there. Various explanations. Weed weed was too thick, too close to the surface. Fish weren't having to leave it. I don't know. Do no. you think
0: the weed being thick is bad for the fish or bad for the angler?
1: Bad for the angler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that it was hurting the fish as such, I don't yeah. think. I don't think anyone was suggesting that. It was just that the fish didn't have to go leave the weed to feed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if they did, they only had like, one or two feet of water above the weed to feed in. Yeah. So I think, and you'd want to check this from a more reliable source to me, but I think the weed seems to have been being cut a bit deeper. That's what I've heard heard Yeah, and therefore the fish are more out and about and accessible.
0: Yeah, they have to leave the weed to feed. Yeah, that's right,
1: that's right. So it's a much more encouraging place to fish when you don't think, you know, if the fish is in the lower several feet, they're in the weed. Yeah. They have to be in the top foot before I even get to see my fly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Wenderee is really good and I think a boat, yeah, again, it's not essential. No way yeah. is it essential, but yeah, it's a, It's pretty nice to have a boat there. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and like Paranbeet Western Shore, we've already covered that. So yeah, you can happily fish the Western Victorian lakes without a boat, yeah. but there are some where it's nice to have one. Yeah without yeah, it being yeah, essential yeah, yeah 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 definitely I'm struggling I'm, I'm thinking you know what there's one lake where it's yeah almost essential alingamite yeah. all oh, right
0: okay. yeah. Now yeah.
1: that's that's the that's the third uh, member of the parabeet Buomerai family yeah yeah uh, one that doesn't
0: get spoken about very often at and all. I
1: reckon a big part of the reason for that is because it's not very it's it's nearly impossible to fish from the bank yeah yeah right? okay yeah and so for a lot of people that immediately puts it off their radar. Uh, It's a little bit out on its own too. It's a little bit further away. Parambit and Bulimara are only about ten k's apart. It's probably another twenty or thirty k's further south Mm -hmm. to Elingamite, but Elingamite is a great bit of water, but Mm -hmm. you do need a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's just it's got this really boggy, marshy shore that makes it very difficult to get around and fish on foot.
0: Yeah. How about the Snowies as a destination? Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Overwintered. too. Overwinter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The lakes open all year round. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah. 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 You just got to, you got to be sensible where you go. Um, so, you know, you don't, you, you've got to, you got to have a proper boat. Yeah. Right. If you're yeah. going to go out in a boat, yeah. you can fish from the bank happily. And the bank fishing is good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you're going to go out in a boat, um, my mate Steve Dunn would, would think it was very remiss of me not to say that's a very dangerous place to fall in in winter. Yeah. Because the water's so cold. Yeah yeah. Um, so you just need a really sort of seaworthy boat for those big lakes, you know, on Tantangra, uh, Yukon can itself and Jindabyne are all very big, big lakes. And in the wrong wind, there's a big fetch. They're rough. And you just, you, you gotta, if you're going to go out, you've either got to really know your weather or you've got to be in a boat that's capable.
0: Are they lakes that's really dependent on the level of them? Uh, Does no. it dictate their fishing, no?
1: No, no, there's there's advantages to just about yeah. every level. Okay, good. Yeah, so, um, you know, on any lake, I've said, I've written before, if I could pick and choose, I would like the level to be rising. But that doesn't mean that if the lake's falling slowly, it's problematic. And there are occasions where a fast-falling lake can even work to your advantage Yeah. because it uh, causes the food to sort of get, have to retreat, so to speak. Um, I've had very good fishing at Euconbean when the lake is lowish and dropping because the yabby beds are exposed. And I'm sure that the wave action and so forth is dislodging yabbies and they're feeding on them. So bleak conditions like just looks like something out of, you know... The gates of hell, yeah. like bare clay, dust storms, and 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 you know icy winds, and these waves smashing and muddying up the water. But there are five and six pound browns in there eating eating the yabbies, eating what, big woolly bass. using yeah big woolly, woolly bugers 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 in the middle yeah, of the day? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So that's a that's a classic case of you know dealing with the condition, conditions you're dealt. Not much good for midge fishing, but fantastic <laughs> for <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> yeah. fantastic for for getting big browns on for the yabby on big feeders. Ways. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um and so yeah, I, all, all all things being equal, we'd all like stable or slowly rising levels. Um, sounding like a farm, but if they're rising too fast, yeah, their fish can the fish love it, but yeah. they're eating worms. You know, fifty meters out and ten feet down. Yeah, that's because hard. the lakes come up too fast. <laughs> yes, that's hard fishing. That's hard fishing. Yeah. yeah, and I've seen that with my own eyes at yeah. uh, Tantanga especially which yeah. can which can rise dramatically, mm-hmm. very very quickly. Yeah, um, and you just think you're rubbing your hands together at all this beautiful flooded grass and all these beetles and worms and things coming out and then you're thinking, why aren't we catching anything? And then, some, then you think, well, that's because in the complete safety of 10 foot of water, 50 metres out there somewhere, they're just casually eating worms off the bottom.
0: Um, and can you fish for them when they're 10 feet down eating worms off the bottom? I'd go somewhere else. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. you can to prove a point. Yeah, yeah.
1: But it really does make life very, very uh, difficult. And not a very
0: exciting type of fishing either. Well, if
1: you did work it out, yeah, yeah, then you'd be competing with a lot of... So you yeah. could you could do it to prove a point, but yeah. I I've usually left before I because um, there's the thing about the Snowies is there's always somewhere that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, it's that thing of options. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not hanging your hat on that sort of tantangra fishing. You can drive for half an hour and you're back on bean Drive for forty five minutes or an hour and you're back at Jindabyne. That's so you've yeah. Got, you've got you've got. One of those is going to be good.
0: Yeah, we're really lucky with lakes. Oh, we're like very that. lucky with it's lakes. incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: and the and the and the fish populations in those snows lakes at the moment are just off the charts. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you can't catch them, at least you know they're there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Your flies in front of a fish. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Sometimes that's all you need to keep you yeah, going. That's I right, think that's right. Yeah. Really
1: good polaroiding at Ginderbine. Yeah, even in winter. Yeah, especially in winter. okay, especially cool. in winter. Yeah. Steep bank. Blue sky day, you've got to you've got to wait wait for the right conditions. But getting up not not your Tasmanian Wade polaroiding, it's up high, really good with a friend. Yeah, and looking down and looking for the fish cruising the edges, trying to put condition back on having spawned. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting fishing. It's exciting like fishing. High fishing bank and serious, polar seriously, polar seriously, yeah. seriously big fish. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um,
0: and what what flies would you present be presenting to those? Well, you've
1: got two options, yeah. or and and I, I wouldn't class myself as an expert on this, but the two things that have worked for me. Strangely enough, is either throwing a big fly like a like a nice black woolly bugger or olive woolly bugger, yeah. and almost letting it flutter down in front of the fish and watch it come over and eat it. Don't move it too much, um, or the good old stick caddis under an indicator. Yeah, yeah. You know that's been a, that's been a real really good fly for me for winter fishing in the snowies on all the lakes. Not many fish will swim past a stick caddis, mm-hmm. um, and it's. Clear water, so you're going to see it from a long way away. Yeah. So, And you can be in, in the right parts of you, you. can be in the really steep shores, especially on the western side, around the Bean be Dam and so forth. You can do the same thing. You can get up high and look down and Yeah. see them. Yeah. And you can see them around the boulders and things on other shores too. Yeah. Um, and midging, don't discount midging. My God, I've seen fish midging when I couldn't stand to be in the water because of the cold long enough to properly fish to them had to yeah. like yeah you know, I had to run back to the shore bore <laughs> out yeah yeah rising again run back out yeah. cast cast yeah. legs seizing up legs seizing up <laughs> down, quick quick Keep yeah, yeah, yeah. my fly yeah 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 <laughs> like that cold yeah
0: that yeah. yeah and you speak about and reading fly stream being comfortable when you're fishing is yes, the battle yes, yes. so so uh,
1: so I I suspect that when that was happening I probably was a little bit light on mm-hmm. with the Thermals and the and the and the right pair of waders yeah. and so forth. You know, just a few layers and that wouldn't have been happened. But I rem- I have a distinct memory of that happening to me on Ginderbone where I literally could not stay in the water long enough to fish effectively for yeah. these midge fish. Yeah. That's how cold it was. Yeah, and you can get that here near
0: Ballarat too. Yeah, absolutely, could. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: So yeah, you, yeah, you've got to dress for it. Um, mm-hmm. But the midge fishing, don't think you know midge. They've got antifreeze in their blood. They are designed for cold. Yeah. And they're not very big, but three times the protein of steak. The fish <laughs> go, <laughs> I'll have some of that, you know. <laughs> Something that's made up entirely of hemoglobin yeah. is, a, is a pretty pretty uh, appealing, Efficient appealing snack. Appealing, yeah. uh, snack. They yeah. might, mightn't be big, but they're tasty. Yeah, they're, yeah, you yeah. know, like Smarties <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or caviar. Yeah, yeah so trout will like be surprisingly fixated on, on small fish. And uh, in the snowies I've learned over time that they will midge in the middle of winter in the dead of winter,
0: yeah, okay, yeah. so midges yeah. are a reliable winter hatch,
1: yeah, well, as much as anything could be reliable uh, uh, yeah. in, in in fishing land, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah, but you'd certainly if it wasn't terribly windy, you'd be looking out for them particularly towards evening, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, 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 and first thing in the morning or just evening
1: i in first thing in the morning, I'm not going to be out there, but yeah, by <laughs> all means, if you are, have a look yeah you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm i i as uh as, as you may or may not have heard, I'm not, not the world's best morning person. And when yeah. it's minus five, that's certainly the <laughs> no, case. No, no, yeah. I no, want I the pipes to thaw enough yeah. that I can make <laughs> a cup of coffee. <laughs> um,
0: so you mentioned cockchafer beetles earlier. Uh, we've yep. got midge. What other winter hatches are there?
1: Uh, that's that's the the best of the reliables, yep. right? So a lot of the insects are still dormant in the sense of emerging, so creating a rise. Yeah. Uh, certainly it's, it's a mistake to think that mud eyes and damselflies and all these other insects that we associate with summer aren't actively out and about in the middle of winter. Yeah. I've caught trout in Hepburn in July with damselfly nymphs in their mouths. Yeah, wow. So those insects are still down there. They're predatory. They're mm-hmm. down there doing their thing in the depths of winter. So the really aggressive, active um, insects, yabbies, Damselfly nymphs, mud eyes, uh, aka dragonfly nymphs. Yeah, they're they're out and about, busily eating at all times, and are, and are available to the fish. Yes, they emerge in summer and the warm months. Yeah, but in terms of being out and about and active, they're doing it all the time. And yeah. yabbies, of course, are ubiquitous. They're there. as likely to be trout food in July mm. as in January. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. maybe more so in July because there's less to less competing for the attention of the trout. Yeah. 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 So... And
0: y- you have mentioned yabbies a fair bit, so are we talking big woolly buggers to imitate them? Yeah, or, for Yeah, sure. okay, yeah, yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. I think...
1: Oh, look, you know, who knows what goes through their tiny brains, but um, I think a lot of the time when trout eat a woolly bugger, they're eating it as um, a yabby. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Not always. People think that... Um, those big aquatic insects aren't going to be available to the fish, but in nymph form or larval form, they absolutely are. It's just that they're not turning into dragonflies and yeah. damselflies. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah okay. Yeah. Cool. If you say you walked into the into a fly shop, you're putting a fly selection together for a trip on to the Western Lakes in Victoria. Yeah. What would be in
1: it? It would be uh, midge flies like buzzers. Yep. Maybe a couple of Griffiths gnats yep. in case you do find them up on top, eating the dries. Um, definitely stick caddis, obviously. Uh, and some, you know, good motley or black woolly buggers. Um, Magoos, because they're just ubiquitous. I think they, they're quite often a good galaxia or big smelt imitation. Yeah. But uh definitely some sparse tom joneses along that same line of that sort of smelty sort of thing um the only time i like a fly to be really bulky for winter fishing is when i am thinking along those yabby lines most of the time our flies then otherwise have a tendency to be a bit overdressed a bit too bulky yeah um
0: so you like something slim and drab and
1: yeah 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 so i think look, I think sparkle and flash and, um, color has its place without a doubt. Yeah. And, uh, during, during winter, you know, trout are going to be seeing plenty of orange and red, um, both in the bait fish that they feed on and also in the, you know, trout eggs and, uh, the colors, spawning colors of, 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 their competitors. So I think there's obviously something going on there with reds and oranges, um, but I think some days a bit of drabness doesn't go astray, yeah. especially for the better fish. And sparseness. I yeah, and imagine, sparseness. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I, I after doing this for 50 years, I still have a bit of a war with myself when, yeah. I'm, when I'm fishing a fly blind, sort mm-hmm. of attractiveness in what we would regard as attractive, as in brightness and flash and colour, versus drabness. Now, attractiveness might pull a fish, but then do they go through and actually eat? Sometimes they do, but... Yeah. Sometimes they don't.
0: Is that where fishing a team of flies can be an advantage?
1: can be, but just bear in mind that when you're fishing teams of flies, two issues. One is uh, you want to be a good caster so you don't get tangles. And the second issue is, there's more than two issues actually, but the second issue and something I always consider is how much of a liability is the fly without the fish on it for a break off? Yeah. Yeah. So depending upon where you're fishing, that can be a real issue.
0: Especially like a, almost any lake at the moment, the amount of weed in them is, yes. yeah, that is definitely yeah. so a if problem. you fish
1: for two hours and you finally hook a fish, it's a bit disappointing if the trailing fly uh, hooks on some weed and yeah. fish breaks on Yeah. hooks yeah. on a log. Yeah, a log, So even I've had worse. a couple of horror yeah. stories like that. Uh, I, I, I lost that big fish I talked about during my Mayfly podcast at Fines. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. And actually that wasn't a t- trailing fly. There was a trailing fly tragedy at Wartook last year, though. Yeah, okay. So in yep. the middle of winter. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the the sad part about that was I don't think in hindsight the extra fly had any advantage to catching the fish. Yeah. After that, after that, um, losing that fish because the trailing Tom Jones caught. So I was going through the hole. You know, is my fly too big? And other fish looking at it but not earning it. So I was fishing in an, an mu, uh, an olive. Basically, an olive woolly bugger, plain. emu bugger, yeah, emu yeah, bugger, yeah. plain olive emu bugger with a Tom Jones dropper. The Tom Jones dropper is what got caught. Uh, after I lost that fish, I just went back to fishing the emu bugger on its own, mm-hmm. and I don't think I could have done any better had I had the Tom Jones. Okay, on. yeah. I think the fish were choosing to eat that the, fly, so yeah, I don't okay. think so. I, so, not only did the second fly cost me mm. a fish, I don't think in hindsight it was giving me any advantage. Any
0: advantage, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and and look, sometimes two flies do. I mean, the lock lock style fishes, and I'm not the person to ask about that, that's something for Craig or whatever, but there's no doubt, you know, that the whole team thing is really well thought through. Mm -hmm. And certainly fishing flies under indicators, I like the idea of two flies if only to make myself feel better sometimes because I think, you know, if I'm fishing a tiny little stick at all by itself, blind, having a buzzer uh, a couple of feet away at least probably increases my chances of catching the attention of fish, or a flashback yeah. nymph for something. Yeah, how uh, far
0: are you running your teams? Oh, it's it, this is such a contentious sorry, topic. Sorry, yeah.
1: yeah, I can't give you a straight answer, man. Yeah, I mean, if you if you said Peter, what is the average? I would say if I've got if if I'm fishing yeah. under an indicator, yeah, I would have probably a meter. Typically, this mm-hmm. varies enormously, yeah. but you know we're talking averages. Take a meter to the to the point fly. Yeah and halfway down the drop of fly. Yeah. If I'm casting and retrieving flies, I like a bit of space because mm-hmm. uh, I think, well, it increases your chances of... You know, you're covering more water in a sense, aren't you, if the flies are more uh, uh, are more spread out. Yeah. yeah. So if you've got two flies and they're only a foot apart, then you're probably losing the advantage you might have of attracting the attention of fish from further away. If your flies are a metre or a metre and a half apart, then you could well find that the distant the flies at either end of the of, of the of the leader are being seen by fish that wouldn't have seen the other mm-hmm. the other fly yeah, yeah so that's 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 uh that's probably if I'm fishing two flies that I'm casting and retrieving two wets then I'm probably going to have a meter plus between yeah okay the flies yeah, yeah. and that's and when if,
0: you do need to be a good caster you do need it? to be yeah. a good
1: caster and that's another issue you know If I'm doing point-and-shoot fishing, I'm probably not going to fish, and I reckon I'm an okay caster, but if I'm doing point-and-shoot fishing on a lake with any sort of wind, there's no doubt I'm going to be better with one fly than two. Yeah. And because my style of fishing tends towards that sort of hybrid between searching, blind fishing, and seeing, sight fishing, I think I'm a little bit more inclined to go for that single fly Whereas the, the, the guys who, the comp fishers and the guys who really, you know, put a lot of weight on how they search rather than they're not relying as heavily on seeing fish as I am, uh, then they would give a lot more credence to using two flies. Two flies, yeah. 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 So it's really in their DNA to be using two flies. And, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You yeah. know, and I do it, don't worry. Yeah, I yeah, do yeah. It. yeah. But um, my default is probably one. One, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I think a lot of people are like that to yeah. just fish efficiently and be able to point yeah. and shoot if you yeah. see a point fish. Point and well.
1: shoot. See, I, I I'm really big on that. Yeah. My 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 style of lake fishing, I invest really hard in trying to find a fish to cast to. Yeah. And it might be very few in a whole day, but I reckon if, if, if I get that shot at a fish and I get my fly in the area quickly, um, that may well be the fish that I end up catching. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but that's just the way I fish. Yeah, you know? I mean,
0: everyone fishes differently. They do, but they do. Yeah. And, look,
1: and, and, you know, I'm, I'm always at pains to point out that just because Philip Weigel fishes a certain way <laughs> doesn't mean that that is the best and yeah. only way to fish. Yeah, yeah. There yeah, are yeah. some yes. very good anglers out there yeah. who I fish with who don't fish the same as I do. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, vive the difference. Mm. Like, like my, my good mate Steve Dunn, I mean, he loves his boat fishing, Yeah, right? I don't mind the boat fishing. He loves it. So when we're fishing together chances are he'll be in the boat, I'll be on the bank. Mm-hmm. That's not because boat fishing is worse than bank fishing. Yeah. And, you know, he'll be catching more than his share of fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a that's a good example of just preference versus what's best, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't help it that I like bank fishing and he can't help that he likes boat fishing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it works really well, actually. Yeah, yeah I And, I, bet, and yeah. I've had some cracking times on the boat with him and yeah. he's had some cracking times on the bank. With yeah, 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 yeah. It just goes to but show he, you he don't sort of, need the boat he, at Yeah, all. Yeah, he's, but he's drawn to the boat, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. This, yeah. He's got this... Uh, he's Attachment just, to it. He has. He really likes <laughs> it. And, and I get it, you know. I yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, It's completely off topic. When I was down fishing um, uh, down in the southwest over the last few days, estuary fishing and my mate brought his boat. Now we had some great fishing from the boat, don't you worry about that, but after a couple of hours I just need to get out. You know, I just yeah. need to need to get the the water around my waders yep. and and be standing still in one spot so that I know exactly what's going on with my flies mm-hmm. and my leader because in a boat that's rarely the case, you know, stuff's moving all the time. Yeah. You're sort of fishing from a slightly unstable platform. Not in the sense of falling in, but the fact that the boat's always just moving a little yeah. bit, you know. And yeah. it hasn't quite got the same control as you would have if you were walking around on the surface of the lake.
0: Or stealth as well. Or stealth. Like yep. the sound yeah, of picking, electrics and all that. All that. All moving that, around all and that. Yeah,
1: yeah. but but I keep I keep coming back to the fact that a boat is a damn good tool. Yeah. Right. Don't yeah. don't make any mistake yeah. about that. But me personally for whatever reason, I just feel more in control and in charge of my own destiny, if you like, when I'm on my feet.
0: Yeah. So yeah. that's just me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not, but doesn't mean boat fishing's wrong and no, boat fishing's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would yeah. be a stupid yeah. thing to say. No, that's yeah. right.
0: Um, back on flies, blobs, eggs, boobies.
1: Yeah, blobs are good. Yeah. Um, boobies, I've, I don't fish them. No. I th- yep. I, 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 and don't. That's, there's no sort of... Uh,
0: not turning around. your
1: up. No, no, no. Not, I, I, I think if you're encast on a fly rod, it's, le, it's legitimate, basically. Yeah. If you, if you start sort of getting too picky about what materials the fly is tied out of, yeah. you're on a very, very slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. this day and age, especially. So yeah. I'm, I am I. think if it works, use it by all means. I often, if I, I, I used to think I could not believe that blobs had any value. Yeah. You know, even a few years ago. hmm I've now come around to the belief that they can be a useful attractor. Yeah. Um, and if I fish a blob, my expectation is most likely going to be, I don't do it very often, but my expectation is that the blob's going to draw the fish to the other fly that I've got on. Yeah. Like a buzzer. Yeah. You know, so it's going to see the blob. I saw this happen at uh, Fines a couple of years ago. I had a blob and I had a little tiny little dark woolly bugger off the mm-hmm. back. And... The fish came and looked at the... I saw this happen before my eyes. It came up and looked at the blob and then went, oh, I'll eat that though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and interesting. And swam two feet and ate my yeah, yeah. Little, little Do you black. find
0: that happens with browns or rainbows more?
1: Look, browns being browns, it probably happens more with browns, but it hap- definitely okay. it definitely happens with rainbows. Yeah, right. Yeah, happens yeah. with both. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so both of them are capable of eating a blob. I yeah. mean, I've got I've got mates who fish blobs in the middle of summer and catch fish on them. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's just... Um, they don't see the world the same way we do. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to keep reminding ourselves. Like I think, you know, how could we be so stupid as to eat a blob? And I think, yeah. no, it's not. Uh, but I'm not a trout. Yeah, so, that's yeah. They're seeing yeah. stuff experiencing experiencing yeah. stuff that yeah. we're not. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so so to me, the value of a blob is still probably more to pull a fish towards another fly that it might eat than yeah. to eat the blob itself. Although sometimes they do eat the blob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I think we've covered flies enough. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Bobs, streamers, olive, black, any yep. other corals?
1: Uh, look, I'm sure they work, but <laughs> yeah. I don't I use them a lot. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You yeah. know, um, but yeah, I, I know people do. Yeah. 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 I reckon an orange beetle on a winter fly can be really good. Just mm-hmm. so long as you're prepared to move away from it, if you think, you're getting interest, a dis- but not an disadvantage. Eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that little that that's it's the same with bling, yeah. like like uh, you know crystal flash and so yeah. forth through a fly. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's probably going to help you, but other times maybe just pull back a little bit and go more for that drab,
0: that natural. Yeah, you know, I've
1: yeah. I've been haunted enough over the years by huge fish following flies that they haven't quite eaten. Yeah, to think, what if I'd had a little bit less bling? <laughs> yeah, you know. I'd rarely have that experience with a drab fly. Mm -hmm. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. If I'm pulling an olive emi bugger, not many fish follow it and don't eat it, Mm -hmm. right? Now, how that all works out mathematically, if you get a really good response from a a flashy, you know, you pull lots of fish towards the fly with flash and orange uh, and you know, 5% of them eat it, you're still ahead. I don't know the answer to that question.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: I know that I like the idea that if a fish sees my oli- my Tom Jones or my olive woolly bugger, they're probably going to eat it in yeah. winter. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just going to eat it. Not go, mm, yeah, it looks good, but uh, just a That's bit. Not, it, it's, yeah. it, it, it's exciting, but I don't think <laughs> I should. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, what's your, we'll talk about rods and reels and lines yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But, What's your favourite rod to fish, length, weight?
1: I like a nine foot six, six weight. I mm-hmm. reckon that's a really good um, compromise between power and just a little bit of delicacy if you need yep. it for something like nymph fishing or, or, or buzzer fishing, yep. I should say. So I know that I've always erred towards the heavy end. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up fishing. I, I grew up thinking a seven weight was an all-rounder. <laughs> right? So that, that's, that, that's yeah. how old I am. Yeah you know yeah. that that was the that was the sort of if the you only standard. Have one rod mate to have yeah. make it a 7 weight yeah. you know so uh a 6 weight doesn't seem particularly heavy to me mm-hmm. but i do think length's really good and there's an argument for even a 10 foot rod for fishing lakes yeah that
0: longer rod trend yeah. is definitely yeah, a thing yeah. now yeah so
1: one of the, there's we could we could talk all we could talk all day and into the night but one of the things that i really think's important when you're lake fishing is the hang or the dibble so yeah. forget about lock style which uh which craig has some fantastic, Craig Coltman fly stream, has a lot of great advice for, but the idea of actually just before you recast, just that steady, upward, slightly sideways draw as you lift the flies out. that To upward, the surface of the that water. upward acceleration, okay. and you get kind of an exponential benefit out of a long rod. I don't understand the maths of it, but you can do that much more with a long rod. Yeah, yeah. So you can dibble, hang, whatever you want to call it, just move those flies up and into the surface film before you recast them a lot more effectively with a long rod. So that factor alone has a lot of value. Yeah, okay, cool. And you, you get a lot of takes on that part. You retrieve the flight all the way back, nothing's happened, then you do that and that's when you get hit. Yeah. Um, so the capacity to do that well is really important. Mm. But the other thing, of course, a long rod casts further. Yeah. Now, I'm always at pains to point out that I'd rather you were a good short to medium distance caster than a long caster but if you can cast with not too much effort at 20 or 25 meters it's going to really help you with your lake fishing yeah i think i think the ability to cast 30 meters is overrated because at 30 meters everything's so remote anyway even if fish does eat your fly i'm not sure you're going to hook it right so um but being able to cast a, a good medium long line is a good thing to have for lake fishing um, and if you've got a long rod, you'll do that more easily. Now, keep in mind, you're going to catch a lot of fish at your feet too. Yeah, so yeah on the don't, hang. Don't yeah. air, or, or even casting it to yeah. your feet. You yeah. know, those, those edge feeders at, um, at Jindabyne, sometimes at, at, uh, along the wall at Wartook, um, along the steep shores of Belfield, you know, they're going to be three metres out, Yeah, right? So funnily enough... A useful skill to have as a lake fisher is the ability to cast a really short line which isn't as easy as it sounds because we rely upon the weight of the line to load the rod and with no line out, you've got not much to load with but that is a really good skill to have. you know. So don't totally concentrate on the ability to present a fly well at, 30, at 20 or 30 metres. Worry also about being able to do a nice little 3 to 5 metre cast really quickly and easily that yep. goes where you want it to go.
0: And what lines do you like? Um, A floating or a sinking? Floating
1: mainly because I mainly fish from the bank, Mm -hmm. right? So things change if you're in a boat, but sinking lines from the bank have a lot of issues. So I like the versatility of a floating line because with a floating line, immediately I need to fish shallow. If I do, I can. Bang. Uh, Obviously with the sinking line, the ability to fish shallow is pretty much gone. So... Yeah, sinking lines have their advantages and you can make an argument that for midge fishing, uh, a hover tip or something might be useful from the bank, but most other sinking lines, the closer they get to you, the, the deeper they're going to be and that's the exact opposite of what you want to happen. Yeah. So to, to get the advantage out of, a, out of a sinking line, you need for the sinking stuff to be happening in the deep water, not in the shallow yeah. water. Yeah, definitely. Right? So sinking lines from a boat, all the... All the time, yeah. Very, yeah. very useful. Really steep shore. Yep, absolutely. Places like Parandbeet, good yeah, for sinking yeah. lines, and, and Bullamerei. Yep, yep, yep. There are places on both those lakes where you could fish a sinking line from the shore in the right spot, particularly Bullamerei. Um, there's some drop-offs there that just go down to the abyss. Yeah. Yes. Um, but otherwise, being in a boat, they've probably got a lot more merit than from the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's that connection you can get with an intermediate line under the surface because picking the take is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're more a boat fishing proposition than a yeah. bank fishing proposition yeah. as a rule. Yeah, with the usual yeah, yeah. exception, general rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, what about leaders and tippet?
1: So I'm compulsive obsessive about tippet. <laughs> Heavy tippet, right? <laughs> Heavy tippet. Yeah. you betcha. Yeah, but really good. Like you got it. You, as far as I can tell, you have to you have to spend. Mm-hmm. To get the good tippet. What's you know? some favorite tippet of yours? So I really like the the uh, Rio um, Fluoroflex Powerflex. Fluoroflex Fluoroflex Strong. I okay, think it's yeah, cool, yeah, isn't it? yeah. Yeah. So that's really good. That's 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 really good. I love the Trout Hunter. Yeah. That's good uh, that's stuff. That's really good stuff, yeah. look, honestly, if you get broken off using the fluorocarbon in either of those, um, you know, yeah. something's gone really terribly wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah. You just don't get that sort of oh, why did that break? Yeah, or or worse, thinking the fish has just got off and bringing the bringing in your line and the fly's gone. Yeah, right. So they're they're they they're two top ones now. There are plenty of others, yeah. but you know, hey, yeah. Um, when you're when you hate getting broken off and you find something that works really well, and I can tell you, you stories yeah. about both those, yeah. Uh, where you know miraculous things have happened, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. lines got caught round the back of the reel with yeah. huge fish on the end, and so forth. And somehow, I've still stayed, t- stayed, 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 connected. Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, you know, you work hard for your lake fish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you if you do finally hook a good one, and it it you lose it due to. Tip, failure. Tippet, tippet failure, yeah. that's a real shame, I reckon. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, that's sort of, that's haunts you yeah. for years to come. Yeah. Yeah, if, if it was avoidable, yeah. it's a real shame. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and do you always fish a tapered leader?
1: Yeah, the tapered leader is usually the, the, the backbone, if yeah. you like. So I'm likely to start off with a pretty stock standard nine foot, um, one or two X leader. Mm-hmm. And then the bit that's going to vary a lot for me is going to be the tippet. Yeah. Which will be one of those fluorocarbons. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I've got any foundation for saying this, but it seems to me that for breaking strain versus diameter, the true breaking strain, however you define that, of fluorocarbon seems better than nylon. Yeah. 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 Um, So I know it's more expensive, but I think it's worth And I still say to people, you know, you've you've spent, you know, a hundred bucks on the petrol, you spent a thousand, two thousand bucks on your fly rod, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Are you going to die in a ditch over a one dollar meter of? Tip it, it. yeah. You you know. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you really shouldn't be.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Even if you're if if you're a tight ass like me, yeah, yeah um, Still, still, I think that's money money well spent. Yeah, yeah.
0: And are you a tippet ring guy or
1: I? I'm struggling to make my mind up about okay, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can absolutely. I know some very good anglers who are, and that's worth a lot to me. Right. So when you when someone who you really admire uses a tippet ring, you think. There's something to this. However, I've had a couple of uh, occasions where I thought that the Tippet Ring connection wasn't as good as the Surgeon's Knot connection. Okay, interesting. So I don't know. I'm at, the jury undecided. Out. I, I sort of I was I, I didn't like them, then I did, and now I'm sort of not so sure again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, they they make. A, from a functional point of view, they make a lot of sense. I just don't know whether and this is probably you know my mistake, but I just feel that I, I don't have total faith in the in the um, knots yeah yeah versus a, like a triple surgeons all the biggest fish I've landed, salt or fresh the leader the tippet connection's been a triple surgeon and it's held yeah yeah uh, I can't say the same about tippet ring okay, but that yeah. might be my fault yeah right so but what what can i tell you
0: it's one of those things where everyone's experience is different again yeah like
1: yeah i love the idea that you're not constantly cutting back into your leader as you're changing tippet yep so that makes a lot of sense so by all means give it a go you know i won't judge you but for me personally i'm not sure yeah it's a short answer yeah okay yeah for big lake fish if it was stevenson river i wouldn't care oh
0: no yeah 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 yeah, i'm talking
1: about you know someone who hates getting broken off yeah
0: and You know, when you've got a six-pound fish on the end of your Mm. line, you want to land that fish. You do want to land it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which brings us to big nets probably. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Thank you for touching on that. Yeah. So, honestly, if you're going to carry a net, which I strongly recommend you do, it's got to be a big one. Yeah. You know, it's got to be able to accommodate the biggest trout you're ever likely to catch in your entire life. Yeah. And I tell people if you use it just once... You'll it's think it's the best it, so. money you've ever spent, yeah. right? Yeah. So, uh, and I hear that they get in the way and stuff. Well, I've got a huge hoop on my McLean's. Yeah. And it goes on a little magnet on the back of my vest. I've got yeah. a I've got a lanyard. Yeah. And I wouldn't know it's there mm-hmm. until I need to net a big fish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not in the way. It's certainly yeah. not for lake fishing. No. Even river fishing, if it does catch on something, you've got the lanyard so you know that it's for You're not off. gonna lose it. You're not yeah. gonna lose no. it. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have the lanyard, though. Yeah. Like, or even just for the, stu- the sheer stupidity, I've occasionally put my net down and gone off Yeah. to start fishing again. Yeah. Oh, I haven't put my net back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah another yeah. fish has moved or something. Yeah. And I just feel, what's that resistance? Oh, yeah. it's stuck on the lanyard. Yeah. So, you've got to have the lanyard. Yeah. Yeah. A really basic piece of equipment that's yeah. going to save you a lot of It's ache. a
0: marginal, marginal yeah. gain, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah definitely.
1: And it's not in the way. Yeah. And yeah, but I think a magnet seems to me to be the best connection. Yeah. Because you can literally pull the net off. Yeah. I mean, before I had used lanyards, the weakness of a uh, magnetic connection was the net could come off too easily.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But now I've got the lanyard; that's no longer an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So long as it's ma- basically going to hold the net there. So I've got, I've used some of the clips, and yeah. it's just another thing to do while you're fighting a big fish. Yeah. Whereas if you just go yank, off it comes, yeah. there's your net. And the
0: magnets are strong too. They're they, strong. Yeah, They're strong. Yeah. They're just right. Yeah, They're just right. Yeah, so can
1: yeah. can your net just still fall off? Yes, it can. Yeah, if yeah. you catch it on a tree or a yeah. fence or something. Yeah. But if you've got your lanyard, you're not going to lose your net. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and I want to touch on the bigger hoops for when you're netting a fish on your own, you need all the reach you can get. Yeah,
1: you need like, all the reach. So handle length is obviously a compromise between, um, well... The the, the the physics of, you know, you don't want to be holding the end of a broomstick with a 10-pound no. fish on the other yeah. end. You won't be able to lift it out. Yeah. Uh, but you've got to have a bit of reach too. But the big hoop adds reach in itself. That's right. But it's more, I'll tell you a funny story, Peter. I lost briefly, found it again. No, I didn't lose it. <laughs> no. a very This is a funny story. A very well-meaning client after a day's guiding at Millbrook when we were packing up to go home, He thought he'd grabbed his mate's net and put it in the car and drove it back to whoop-whoop and the net he'd taken was actually my net. And I was guiding the next day. And I'll tell you, I felt like someone had cut one of my arms off (laughs) when I got up the next morning and my net wasn't there, found out where it was that I didn't have a net. So Mark said, don't worry, you can use one of my spares. (laughs) So I used... I spent the day going with, with a normal, <laughs> normal net, <laughs> just you know what, what the yeah. net that everyone uses, whatever yeah. the sort of standard net is. Yeah. And it was the most nerve-wracking day. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't lose any fish, but I was trying to. net It was like I felt like I was trying to thread the trout through a needle. <laughs> you know, that's what it felt yeah. like after yeah. my great big sort of net where they just want to fall into it. Yeah,
0: and you like the McLean's nets for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the yeah, best. They're really good. They're they really are. Good the hoop fish. size and shape yeah, and hoop, handle and length and, and, and
1: I'm, look. I'm sure there are other great brands. Yeah, so. By no means yeah. am I saying McLean's are all you can – but, but yeah. hey, you know, it, it's a bit like that Tippet I've just told you about. Yeah. The, yeah. the Rio and the Trout Hunter. I mean, if it's good, you tend not to say this is all I need but I'll try something different. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, So I, I don't want to be seen to be ignoring what might be other perfectly good uh, brands and stuff out there. Yeah. But the McLean's have been really good. Yeah. yeah the, and the, and yeah. it's great to, have, great to have the scale and the scale's yeah. accurate. Yeah, All it's line, cr- ridiculously it. accurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's yeah. easy to test. Just get a two-liter bottle of milk and or, yeah. you know some yeah. dumbbell weights or something. Yeah, in yeah. yeah, and you know yeah. they're, they're 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 as near as damn it to accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um,
0: nice to actually know the weight of your fish. So when you yep. go back to the pub at the end of the day it or is. back home, yep. you can actually be honest. Yep. Yeah,
1: yep. that's right. And just for your own, you know, own records. Yeah, that's exactly I right. A diary, yeah. So it's nice to be able to actually know that that's exactly how much. That's another
0: thing, do, thing I wanted to touch on. Only
1: for a comparison point of view.
0: Yeah, the, yeah. Keeping a diary, the importance of that.
1: I I, I think it's important. Yep. Look, I guess if you don't get out a lot, maybe it's less important. But for someone like me who gets out a lot, you get some really good information. Yeah, and it's amazing how unreliable memory is, mine especially. Yeah. You know, you'll think that something happened in April two years ago and, in fact, it happened in August four years ago, yeah. you
0: know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: that's a fairly big discrepancy. That's a very... Yeah. 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 Sort of they were on the smelt on the east shore of Parambit in April. Uh, no, it was actually August four yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and they're the sort of tricks that your memory can play on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it's written down, you just go. And I yeah. keep an online diary these days, and it's just you know search, yeah. you know yeah. R smelters, yeah, and, and there yeah. they are, yeah, yeah. perfect. Damn, yeah. Was it, it was August. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
0: No, so. that idea of a diary is yeah. good and something that should be promoted a lot more yeah. for people that fish and, regularly. And, and,
1: and just give yourself prompts, you know. So just yeah, you know, you just a structure. Need, yeah, where, where you went, what day, what times, water temperature, air temperature, wind direction. Uh, best flies, what you caught, and a comment section for the fish went mad on the smell at 2 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. on that shore up near the windmill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Because that kind of thing can repeat.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Even if it's not totally reliable, Yeah. chances are when there's natural phenomena, phenomena like that, a similar set of circumstances a few years down the track can produce the same Yeah. You know, I can think of shores of Lake Euclidean where I'll be next month where I'll be very confident I'll be able to Polaroid fish off the steep banks <laughs> because I've done it a few times at the same <laughs> time amazing. of year. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 I won't be guaranteed of it, yeah. but I'll be – and you know what? I'll probably look harder because I think I'll That's see it. That's right, them, yeah. Because I have yeah. before at this time of year.
0: And it's just a confidence stroke too. It is. It, it is. Absolutely. It's all a bit
1: of a – a bit of a loop, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Confidence yeah. begets success.
0: Confidence and comfortability, I think. Yeah,
1: comfort's really good. Yeah. So for winter fishing, yeah, we can't we can't stress that enough. Yeah. Um, you're just going to stay out there and fish harder and longer and actually enjoy yourself more if you're dry and warm. Yeah. You know. So don't don't uh, don't try to sort of push the boundaries, in that respect. Just wear wear the good gear. Wear the yep. good gloves. Wear the beanies. Wear the wear the good w- good waterproof jacket is just an absolute. It's not not a luxury. It's an essential. Yeah, yeah. And once the, you're wet, oh, you're buggered.
0: And the weather out here changes so quickly. Yeah. I was at Dean once, and yeah. it was sunny, and then it snowed. Yeah, within an hour. Yeah, yep. so, yeah, yeah. Yep. And yep. if
1: you're wet, you're buggered. Yeah, that's right. Basically, yeah, yep. that's, yeah. That's that's the day over. So you you know you get a bit wet during a summer thunderstorm, and you're probably okay. But yep. in the middle of July, once you're wet. That's the day finished. Yeah. So you've got to have a good jacket. You've got to have good waders, obviously. Um, And thermals, I reckon, make a hell of a difference for a very small extra bit of bulk. Um, Good gloves. Um, You've got to be able to use your fingers, though. So think about that. Um, The good fly shops will have plenty of good ideas for you there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, for me, a beanie. Yeah. my ears get cold. You know? <laughs> yeah, just the little things. It's is yeah. it is
0: the little things though yeah. that yeah. when the fishing's slow, they're the things that'll just yeah. play on your but mind if you're, constantly. If you're just comfortable. Yeah, that's it doesn't right. Matter. That's exactly yeah. right. Just yeah, like,
1: may as well be a summer start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. When yeah. you're so toasty, yeah.
0: that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, now just to finish up, we'll cover some actual fishing techniques. Speed yep. of retrieve.
1: Yep. Um, I erred towards slow. Yep. Um, I. Rightly or wrongly believe that fish would rather an easy meal than a difficult meal, especially trout. Yeah. It's a bit different with some of the natives and estuary species, but let's leave them to one side. (laughs) You know, for fast-growing, aggressive, mostly switched-on fish like trout, I don't think they often have to be annoyed into eating. They're basically eating more often than not. And, you know, if you're only as successful as your last meal, you'd rather catch it. Yeah. So, so long as you can convince a fish that your fly is alive or food, don't make it too hard for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, that's, a, that's a simplistic way of saying mm-hmm. um, I like to fish flies reasonably slow. Figure mm-hmm. eight retrieve would be my favourite yeah. retrieve. Yeah. Now, do I do roly polies and fast retrieve? Sometimes, yes, I do. Um, but I keep thinking, you know, I th- if you've got the right fly, it shouldn't be that hard... To persuade the fish to eat it, so long as it sees it, yeah, I guess, so, and that, and that's of course comes down to the really the great importance of presentation, yeah, and being able to get your fly there quickly. Mm-hmm. And on that, I don't think we've touched on this precisely. And it sort of cuts across retrieves, you know, mm-hmm. practice getting a fly quickly out to anything between three and twenty meters quickly yeah you can't do four or five false casts because the opportunity is gone i have what i call the three second rule when i'm sight fishing which is if i see a fish in winter and on a lake i've probably got three seconds when that's a real advantage to get the fly into the area otherwise the fish is going to be gone right i'm no longer going to be able to see it it's moved away from where it exploded on the smelt it's far enough away that it's probably too late again generalisations, I'll keep fishing the area, but if you can get your fly there quickly, boy, yeah. that's an advantage. Yeah, 100%. Advantage. Yeah. You know, a pick-up-and-lay-down cast, carrying the fly in your hands, line slack, line, out. slack line ready yeah. to go, who knows when you'll get your next chance. If you can get your fly there quickly and, and should you be lucky enough to Polaroid a fish, then that's absolutely the case. Yeah. yeah, Getting the fly to the fish before it sees you or before you can't see it anymore. It's such a useful thing. So, yeah, I can't emphasise enough for my style of fishing where sighting is important, the importance of getting the fly there quickly. Mm -hmm. And once you get it there, sure, you know, play around with your retrieves. But my stock standard for most wet flies is is a slow and steady rather than a fast and jerky. Yeah. But ha- as I say, you know that doesn't mean that I don't use fast and jerky sometimes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's and important to switch it up sometimes when a, yeah, it's slow. In, yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yep, and sometimes you know that roly polied fly that's ripping through the water will get fish when the slow retrieve won't.
0: Yeah, yeah. And do you move around a lot when you fish? Yeah, yeah, a lot, like a lot, a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I reckon most days when I come in from fishing in the Grampians or on the local lakes, I've walked several kilometers by the time yeah. I get back yeah, to the
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, yeah, that, another thing, like covering that's that me. much. That's r- me, that's yeah. me, right? Yeah.
1: So I, I'm always looking for fish and often I have to walk to find them. Yeah, yeah. You know, sadly, there's no perfect formula for where those fish, we talked about that in the mayfly session, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, and I think um, there's there's plenty of occasions where it's valuable to have had good midge action on Bay X at Mirabool. And you'd go back and look. But regrettably, sometimes just because they were there last week, they're not going to necessarily be there next week for yeah. whatever reason.
0: Yeah. And that kind of comes back to too. So walking
1: too. around yeah. lets you find those. And that's a, I reckon lake fishing is, you know, stream fishing, sometimes you can enjoy the sort of selfish delight of having the whole river to yourself. <laughs> but on lakes, fishing with a mate. It's really good. Oh,
0: 100%. Because yeah.
1: you've got twice the eyes, you've got twice, and, and you can literally with mobile phones, most of these places, except for <laughs> War Took, there's, there's reception, you know, hey, you know, Peter, Peter's yeah. up, you know.
0: In this a bay. A kilometre yeah.
1: away, hey, Phil, I found them smelting. Yeah. yeah. And vice versa, you know. Yeah. How, how good's that? Yeah, it so, is good. Yeah.
0: Technology. Yeah, technology. Technology and fishing.
1: Uh, <laughs> mobile phones aren't, aren't all bad. No, no not all bad. Nicely <laughs> bad, but not all bad. <laughs> yeah. oh,
0: excellent, Phil. Yeah. Anything else you want to cover?
1: Oh, look, I'm sure we'll think of something. <laughs> yeah, we're going to. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it by the way. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I think yeah, we could we could we, you could, you could go about all night. You could. Yeah, we've yeah. we've missed so many there's different so much, types of so fishing. Much yeah, once. But uh, yeah, I think I think I think we've covered the
0: yeah uh, the the, the, most the essentials. I, I, yeah. Hope, yeah. I hope. I <laughs> hope
1: <laughs> we had big nets in there. Didn't <laughs> yeah, we? <laughs> yeah, we had big nets and strong tippet, yeah, so yeah, we're we're feel, there. Feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect.
0: Um, I'm very excited to hit the lakes. You're always excited to hit the lakes. Yeah um thank you so much for chatting with us today it's always a pleasure getting you on the podcast and we thank you for that's your contribution for too. Yeah. yeah and your contribution to fishing and helping other people with their trout fishing is fantastic phil thank oh, that's you that's great thank you peter no worries um we'll see you next time guys thanks for joining us today